Hello, Charlie Gladstone here, and welcome to my Some Good Mavericks podcast, which I am recording for our website, Some Good Ideas. And that is a website which is supported by our Glendye Cabins and Cottages operation and by the Good Life Experience, our festival. Why do I mention that? Well, this is a series about the outdoors, and the outdoors is something that has been at the centre of Caroline and my work for many, many years, and is very much at the centre of both the festival, the Good Life Experience, and what we're doing at Glendye. Indeed, eight years ago now, Caroline and I wrote a book for Random House called The Family Guide to the Great Outdoors, and being outdoors has been something that's been incredibly important to us. As I've said before, if it takes 10,000 hours to become an expert on something, well, we definitely spent 10,000 hours pissing around outdoors, and so we must be experts on it. When we had our first son, just about 30 years ago, we moved to a near derelict house at Glendye in the Highlands of Scotland, and over the course of the next 10 years, we did up that house while having another five children and our aim was to bring them up in as remote and wilder places we could possibly manage and that was fundamental to what we wanted to do with our lives. That was for me at least because I'd grown up as a pretty feral outdoor child. My parents were big believers in the outdoors and my dad in particular was very keen to shove us out at any opportunity and Particularly on our summer holidays in Scotland, we spent literally all day outside, climbing trees, fording rivers, doing some dangerous stuff, doing some safe stuff, making stuff, trying to kill stuff. We were always outside with dirt under our nails and dirt on our knees. And this, for me, was a really profound privilege. So in this series, I decided that I would try to talk to people who have dedicated their lives to spending time outside. Now, because we are still in lockdown, I sent people questions and asked them just to send my answers back. So rather like my last two series, this is not really a conversational series. I've actually really enjoyed doing podcasts in this way. And for the moment, I've decided to move them away from the normal conversational style that I've been doing for three years. I think in some ways, asking people to record into their phone or their laptop or whatever, by themselves maybe makes their answers a little bit more reflective and it's certainly a very different method of drawing answers from people. So here we go. Through this series we will meet some characters um, and then I'll get them to talk to you a little bit and then they will reappear later in the series. Now first up we have Natasha Lloyd who lives near to us at Glendye in Scotland and who is the official herbalist and forager to Glendye Cabins and Cottages, as well as to the Hauser and Worth Hotel, that's about an hour away, called the Fife Arms, which you may have heard of. I asked Natasha about her connection to the countryside and being outdoors, and this is what she came back with. I had pretty much enjoyed being outside most of my life. Um, as a child, we had an allotment. My mum would take us there quite frequently and we had a garden. In fact, they were quite a chore for me, the garden, and my mum would make me do the weeding. It was actually her that really highlighted to me the importance of plants and their usefulness. She said, that is not just a weed, that is something that is useful. And we had uh, a copy of Mrs. Greaves, A Modern Herbal, 1931, in the book, yeah, in the book, on the bookshelf. And um, 
I was encouraged to dip into that to find out what the plants were and to ID them. My mum was clever, <laughs> so that was really good. Um, and then uh, throughout my life I've had crofts, small holdings, and so I've pretty much gravitated to the outside and I've chosen most of the time to live in rural areas. Um, I think that's part of my personality. I quite like being quiet and a bit more reserved. And then also, um, I have lived in a city. I lived in London for six years in my formative years, around my teenage time. And But I always kind of gravitated towards the parks and towards the green spaces. I remember a journey when I was at school and uh, we went out to do an orienteering week up in Kendal. So from London up to the Lake District. And <laughs> I remember being so like excited and just kind of seeing the plants uh, even as we're going up the motorway and to the point where someone actually really took the mickey out of me and was like tash there's a blade of grass <laughs> um yeah it's always been a passion i have lived i have lived in a city i lived in london for six years and in that six years um i it was my formative year so my teenage time and but i would always gravitate towards parks and towards green spaces and um, even after uh, my degree was um, at the University of East London and after an exam or an essay completion or seminar, I would um, actually I would enjoy taking the next a couple of tube stops earlier than I would normally need to, depending on where I was staying, to just wander through the streets of London and just not have anything to really think about, have some time just to myself. And then I would really enjoy people's gardens and not having anything to really think about. So I could just let my thoughts flow and um, I would enjoy what was coming up through the green cracks in the pavement. Interestingly, then Natasha then talked about a period when she couldn't be outside because she was suffering mentally. I have this with reading and music. When times are tough, I often lose my desire to discover and enjoy those things, which I guess is quite common. But I've never had it with being outdoors. But here's Natasha talking about it. There was a stage in life where I didn't find being outside quite as easy. Um, I had burnout about four or five years ago now. And in that time, I found it a bit harder to go outside. Um, but that was circumstances and it's not uncommon these days for burnout, given our modern lifestyles. And then I asked Natasha about the trajectory of her career outdoors. And this is what she said. So my journey went from sort of allotments and gardens into crofting and small holding. Actually, small holding and crofting. Um, and in that, uh, I started to think more about the plants that were further afield of that of the hedged plot that you would deem your patch of ground. Thank you very much indeed, Natasha. Next up, we have Mari Hughes. And I was very pleased when Mari agreed to answer the questions for this podcast because she lives and works on a very remote Welsh island. That is the island of Innis Enli, known in English as Bardsey Island. It's an island of about half a mile wide and about a mile long and about 450 acres. It is really at the westernmost point of Wales, and it's been an important religious site since the 6th century, when it's believed that Welsh kings founded a monastery there. Um, in medieval times, it was a major centre of pilgrimage in Wales. Anyway, Mari has given up her job 
elsewhere in the media and moved to Innis Enley. And this is her talking about that move and her life on the island. I'm Mary, I'm 27 years old, and I've been born and raised between the mountains and the sea in North Wales. I'm an environmental filmmaker, and I'm also a warden living and working on a tiny windswept island off the coast of Penllyn in North Wales. I quit my job as an assistant producer director for a TV company last August and moved here in September 2019 with my boyfriend Emir and we've been working here as wardens for the past 10 months now. The world is a completely different place to where we left it but it's been an incredible experience to be here especially during this pandemic. I was definitely a child at the time where parents encouraged um, children to spend as much time out of the house as possible and that taught me a lot about life, about you know freedom, um, pushing your own boundaries, climbing higher, going further, still getting back for tea kind of thing and yeah, I think that's really seeped into how I want to live my life now. Um, Ella is here at the moment on the island. Ella is six years old and she is here with her grandparents who farm on the island and she came over the second the lockdown happened and we've been helping her with some of her schoolwork. She's been printing her work here and I asked her the other day if how she was getting on with the work and she said, oh, I'm just waiting for the right day to do it. And that just <laughs> clicked something with me because that's exactly the feeling I've had. What she meant was it's been too sunny, the weather's been too good to be sat indoors doing schoolwork that you can, you know, you should just wait for a rainy day. And that resonated a lot with me. I think that's been my feeling a lot of my life in school, university, and, you know, working, um, it's part of the reason I quit my job uh, working for a television company was because of the hours you had to spend in the office. So, yeah, I think I find joy and meaning um, in spending my time outdoors. So, interesting enough, Mari works not only outdoors, but in a, you know, a very, a really profoundly remote location. And one of the questions that I asked all of the people that I invited to talk on this podcast was, what is the best thing about working outdoors? And I found Mari's answer really interesting. For me, the best thing about working outdoors is uh, having to give up that kind of control that we seem to <laughs> crave in our lives. Um, living on an island, working outdoors, you just have to give in to, you know, bigger things like weather and daylight hours. You really have to get in tune with that. And um, I hope it's making me a more resilient person, but also a more relaxed person, perhaps. Um, because you just have to go with, you know, go with the flow, take every day as it comes. Um, also, I think being, moving to the island, you become aware of things that you've forgotten about when you're, you know, living 
in a town or a city, things like, you know, the weather, because yeah, working outdoors, you become more in tune with things that you might have forgotten about when you live in a city or a town. Um, things like when does the sun rise, when does it set, uh, what's the weather like in the morning, is it changing in the afternoon, um, because all of this affects what you're going to do and what the plans are for the day or for the week. Um, so that's the practical side of working outdoors. Um, the best thing about working outdoors is how... I, th I don't know, maybe I would say one of the best things about working outdoors is coming in in the evening and taking your shoes off and having a bath and your cheeks are wa warm from the sun or red from the wind and you just feel that good, healthy tiredness um, and that tomorrow is another day and you don't know what you're going to see you know, a rare bird or a crazy cloud formation. Um, it's just that sense of waking up every day and the day is ahead of you, not the office, but, you know, the day, the possibility. Um, and, yeah, I love it. We will come back to Mari in future episodes, but thank you very much indeed, Mari. Next up, we have Chris Basnett, who is a forester and groundsman here at Harden in North Wales. And this is Chris talking about what he does every day and why he does it. I take care of numerous different jobs of fencing to tree work to land management, um, all them type of things, really, all based outdoors. Um, it's quite varied, really, what we what we undertake. As say, no two days are the same, really. I've enjoyed being outdoors from a very young age. Um, I've always liked the outdoors. I've always sort of known that's what I've wanted to do. Um, I never really saw myself working in an office from a very early age in school. I never really liked being in the classroom, so I sort of got an inkling from that that that's probably what I wasn't going to do working in an office so uh, it's been outdoors for me ever since really um, I grew up on a small holding just outside of Mould in North Wales um, lucky enough to have a bit few acres so we could have some animals and things like that so I've always been outdoors that type of person um, that's just carried on really um, I've never never lived in a city or that environment um, I try and avoid cities if I can to be honest not my sort of thing I feel a bit claustrophobic when I go to those places I've been to London I think twice um, the first time was quite a shock and that was many years ago um, generally because of all the people and it felt a bit claustrophobic because <laughs> it's not really what I was uh, I was used to really because in the sort of line of work we do and where I've lived over the years, um, you don't come into contact with an awful lot of people, so the volume of people you get in places like London is uh, quite overwhelming, what it was for me anyway. Um, yeah, so I definitely enjoyed my space. So that's it for episode one. 
of Outdoor Voices. I hope that you have enjoyed it. I am going to put episode two up at the same time, so you can run straight into that if you would like to. 